Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. And so my prayer 
um, for tonight is that this would just give you some tools and some encouragement um, as you draw closer to God and let him hold you and carry you through this season that's been so difficult for so many and for so many different reasons. So as we take a look at this now, um, I just ask that you would allow yourself to hear what God would want to say to you. We pray that he would speak to um, hearts and lives right now. And let's begin by just talking about the most important relationship that we have. And the most important relationship that we will ever have is with God. And we need to make spending time with him a priority in our lives. Doing ministry service, for example, it's not a substitute for spending time in his presence. A lot of people confuse these concepts. They think that if they're doing ministry work, if they're at church, if they're um, serving God, if they're on the mission field, then that is somehow uh, a substitute uh, for spending time just being with him in his presence and receiving from him, and and it isn't. And that's part of the reason why burnout happen so frequently uh, for those on the front lines of ministry, uh, because oftentimes they're giving out so much, but they're not allowing themselves the time to take in. And you've probably heard that uh, remark about you can't give what you don't have. If you're running on fumes, you don't have anything left to give out of the gas tank, so to speak. And so it's so important that if you're giving out, that you stay filled up with the Lord. And even if you're not in the position where you need to be giving out emotionally or spiritually or mentally, if you have a different type or different line of work, um, that this still would would cause you to want to spend more time in the presence of the Lord because that is his desire for us. Um, the true objective, the main objective of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's the chief end of man, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And so, In that sense, we have to know that God just wants our hearts. He wants our hearts. He wants us to spend time with him just as anyone who's in a relationship wants to spend time with that loved one. And so with that said, um, and we look at the actual time that we spend in his presence, quieted before him, um, that's really when we're going to get to learn to know his voice better, we're going to be able to hear from him. We're going to be able to experience um, the um, the way that he wants us to tune our spirit into his still, small voice. And we will grow when we position ourselves um, to spend that time with him and we make it a priority. And as I said as it, when I was praying, this is not about duty and obligation. And I think a lot of believers feel like, well, I have to spend 15 minutes a day with the Lord or else I'm not doing a good enough job at walking with with Christ. Or I need to be like so-and-so who spends two hours a day every morning in accessory prayer. These types of things are, this comparison um, issue within the church is really a trap. As soon as you compare yourself to somebody else, you lose your contentment. And we don't need to listen to what other people are doing. We need to listen to what God is requiring of us. And so as we do that, we will know um, that it's a privilege to sit before him. It's not about competing or trying to meet a quota or trying to check a box or or hit, a, hit stop on a timer. It's all about the quality and about the privilege and honor that we have, that we get to sit before the king of the universe, our creator God, and that is a privilege. So I think if we do kind of a paradigm shift in your mind about what it means 
to develop and cultivate a deeper walk with the Lord, the first step to that is understanding that it's something that he does not want us to do out of duty, that we need to see it as a privilege. And when you view it that way, it really changes everything. When you, ha- when you start to say, I get to spend time with God this morning, instead of I have to spend time with God, it changes um, the, the viewpoint um, and the entire platform upon which you spend that time with the Lord. So, all right, let's start out with a scripture verse, which is one of my favorites, and that is James 4, 7 through 8. Um, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. So in this verse, um, where it says draw nigh or draw near, it's the Greek word angizo, which means to bring near or to draw or come near to or to approach. So tonight's broadcast is all about how do we draw near to and how do we approach our relationship with God and how do we approach God. So let's take a look now at some wisdom from Dr. Charles Stanley, which I'm sure so many of you are familiar with, just an awesome uh, preacher and pastor and man of God. Um, He categorizes man's relationship with God by using four different points. And I'm going to read those points for you, and then I'm going to break them down. Uh, First of all, he says that our relationship with God is direct. So the Lord is the ultimate authority over each and every person's life, even those who refuse to acknowledge his sovereignty. So we have a direct relationship with God. We don't need an, a, a human intermediary. Um, Jesus Christ ever lives to make intercession for us. We can approach God directly. We can approach the throne of grace with boldness. Um, the second point that Dr. Stanley makes is that we have a distinct relationship with God. So if you've trusted in Jesus' death on the cross to pay for your sins, you become one of God's children, and you have a unique relationship with him. So it's distinct. It's based on some unique characteristics. Um, Also, Dr. Stanley says sometimes our relationship with God is distant. And he goes on to elaborate that sometimes we allow our relationship with God to suffer. We might attend church, we might be in ministry, as I was saying before, but we might not really be in his presence in a way that is relationally based. We might not be reading the word in wanting to know God's heart. We might be reading it just so that we can check off our reading for that particular day. Um, So some of us just don't understand that if we don't go towards God, if we think we can just kind of stay neutral, that won't happen. Um, You're either going to be moving towards God and working towards deeper intimacy with him, or you're going to be moving away from him and working really on becoming distant from him uh, to be blunt about it. So um, we want to make sure that we're not amongst those that deliberately allow our relationship with God to suffer and amongst those that cut him off uh, for one reason or another. We really need to have that sense of communication and relationship with him. And this goes back to the garden where Adam and Eve had hid themselves after they had sinned. And then their relationship was breached with the Lord because of that, because they pulled back, because they knew that they had done wrong. And so I want to encourage you that even if you have um, 
something in your heart and life where you have not uh, maybe gone before the Lord and dealt with it with him, that should not stop you from going to him. He already knows. (laughs) He's not going to shame you. He does not condemn. The Holy Spirit convicts, but he does not condemn us. Condemnation is not part of how the Lord deals with his own children. And so um, I just encourage you to go towards him and deal with him if there's a particular issue that you've been keeping from him because he's just waiting for you to come to him so he can minister his love to you and help you. Uh, The fourth point that Dr. Stanley points out is a developing relationship with God. Um, Some believers passionately pursue relationship with the Father on a continual daily basis, regardless of life's circumstances. So you can probably guess that what we want to aim for is the type of relationship that we desire to seek God no matter what's going on in our lives, the circumstances we might be facing even now in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that comes along with that. Um, But it's so important, I mean, maybe even now more than ever, to stay connected to God at a deep level. So one of the examples um, that we're going to talk about um, is from Luke 10 with Mary and Martha. We all know the story. So Martha was busy preparing and serving when Jesus had come over, and Mary was the one who chose to sit at his feet. Um, it wasn't that Mary was lazy, and it wasn't that Martha was deliberately in sin, but it, in fact, Jesus said that Mary has chosen the better thing. So what he was saying there was it's more important to have relationship and to enter into relationship than to be busying yourself with a to-do list of tasks. And that's very important, especially for people that are performance-oriented. Uh, which a lot of us have been and are. And so what the Lord is calling for us is to realize that spending time with him, there is no substitute for that. And not letting that busyness or any distractions come in the way of that because he's looking just to um, be with us and to speak to our hearts and um, looking for us to feed ourselves with his word and commune with him in prayer. Um, So that's a a great example to remember, um, and it's one that's often used. So the broadcast now we're going to look at uh, kind of breaking down several of the most important aspects um, of how we draw closer to God. So the question kind of that I had uh, pondered before this broadcast is why do so many believers have sort of a shallow relationship with God? And really the the bottom line answer to that is it has to do with our hunger for him. If we're not hungry for God, we wouldn't go after him very hard. Um, And if we're not hungry for him, that means we're filling ourselves up with other things. Um, And so it's not that there's anything wrong with the blessings that he gives us, but we have to keep him in the forefront And so to draw nearer to God, we need to do something called cultivate our relationship with him. And I'm going to define cultivate for you, even though it's probably obvious there's some interesting nuances in the definition of this word. So to to cultivate means to prepare or to prepare and use for a specific purpose. It also means to foster the growth of something. And it means to improve by labor, care, or study. And these three words, labor, care, and study, 
are really three key components of what it means to cultivate or develop something. Um, also, it means to further or to encourage something or to seek the society of or make friends with. But the meaning that we're focusing in on tonight here, obviously, is how do we cultivate that relationship with God? How do we foster the growth of it? Spiritual things are a developed, cultivated appetite. And I want to compare and contrast something for you. So spiritual things are not like a natural appetite where, for example, you feel hungry, and so then you just eat until you feel full. Generally speaking with spiritual appetites, you might need to force yourself, force feed at first to start, and then the appetite will grow over time and through discipline. So it's opposite of natural hunger. God's kingdom is typically upended from our natural kingdom. <laughs> and uh, the same is true here. Um, so basically what we have to remember is in order to develop a hunger for God, we have to first start seeking him, and then that appetite will grow. It's opposite from um, a natural appetite for food, for example, as I just said. So then it's us, not God, who determines our level of intimacy with him. So in other words, right now you're as close to God as you choose to be. You can have as much of or as little of God as you want. It's up to you. He's not going to force himself on you. He's not going to drag you into your prayer closet every morning and make you sit down and fellowship with him. He gives us that choice. And he gives us that choice because he wants it for us to learn what it means to be able to commune with him and to understand what a privilege it is. He doesn't force himself on anyone. I always say the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. We have a choice that we can make here. So intimacy with God can only happen by spending time in his presence. And so the the need here, the discipline piece comes in in terms of will we prioritize it? If we don't prioritize it, it just won't happen. The default language of the flesh is just to go to the easiest thing that requires the least amount of effort. It's kind of like water. It seeks its own level. If you don't push yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, um, discipline yourself to spend that time, it won't happen naturally. Over time, you'll you'll start to crave that time with the Lord and you'll miss it when it's not there. But if you're just starting, it really has to be a discipline. So that means do it whether you feel like it or not. And the more you cultivate it, the more it'll grow. Um, so like I said, our default is always to drift away, not to draw closer. But it is worth the work and effort. And it'll be worth it uh, because the most important thing in in life is relationship and and our relationship with God. So if you put that effort in, you will definitely reap a harvest for that. Um, Psalm sixteen eleven says, "Thou wilt show me the path of life. In Thy presence is fullness of joy. At Thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore." So right there, God is telling us. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. It doesn't even just say that there's some joy when you come seek me. It says there is fullness of joy. That's a, that's a word of completion. That's a concept that indicates something has reached a level of um, being satiated, that there's a fullness there. 
Um, so being in his presence will bring you joy. How does that fit in with mental health? If you're struggling with depression, you want to seek out something that will bring joy to your heart and your mind and your emotions. Spending time with God can do that. Again, I'm definitely not minimizing or simplifying as a clinical psychotherapist the severity of depression and what it takes to move on from it when it's deep, but I'm just giving you an aspect here of something that can bring a fullness of joy if you take it seriously and you invite it into your daily routine. Um, so let's take a look now at presence um, and what it means, the word presence, as we're talking about it here in terms of the presence of God. The Hebrew word for presence is panim, and literally it means the faces, the top or surface of something representative of the whole purpose. I'm sorry, the whole person. So we know that our God is a triune God. The Trinity consists of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So he is the three in one. Um, so it's interesting to me that presence means the faces. So something just to be curious about, something to park on in your Bible study time is why does the Bible refer to that as the faces? Because there's a trinity involved, and there's a whole theological path that we could go down there. But in the interest of our time together tonight, I won't start down that path, but I would encourage you to take a look at that. Um, so in terms of believers who desire to draw closer to God and have an intimate relationship with him, there's a couple of things that I'd like to talk through here that will help you do that. So you could consider these precursors or um, helps or tools for developing and cultivating that relationship with God. The first one is a spiritual focus. Genuine fellowship with God involves relating to him on both the level of our soul and the level of our spirit. And as I said before, soul is the mind, will, and emotions. So we're not just relating to God, let's say, at an intellectual level with our mind. In other words, um, not just studying the Bible from a factual, logistical standpoint, uh, chronological standpoint, um, uh, the, in terms of hermeneutics, looking at root words. That would be seeking God from, uh, with our mind, from an intellectual standpoint. But he wants us to seek, us, seek him with our whole being, and that includes our will, our emotions, our heart, and our spirit. So spirit to spirit is how we can deep calls unto deep, it says in Psalms. So when we're spending time in God's presence, we need to have a spiritual focus. We are communing with a spiritual being, which is God. God is spirit, and we need to worship him in spirit and in truth. So we want to not just uh, focus on too much head knowledge, which in Scripture says that will puff us up, in other words, make us prideful, um, but we also want to um, allow our whole being to be in relationship with God, not just our mind. Um, the second point is personal involvement um, is kind of a requirement if we really desire an intimate relationship with God. So the Lord created human beings in his image so that all people could relate to him on an individual basis. The Holy Spirit lives within every believer, giving each one of us the ability to develop a personal relationship with Christ. And, by the way, this is not a monologue. We need to hear from God as in the way we would 
a, a relationship with a human being as well. So it's not just a one-way conversation and prayer. We also need to be pausing and waiting on him um, and letting him speak to us as well. The third element uh, for, for cultivating the relationship is trust. Um, so intimacy can't exist without trust. If you and I refuse to surrender to and obey God, we can't expect to have an intimate relationship with him. It's a matter of how do you trust someone that you can't surrender your will to. It, there's, those two don't go hand in hand. They're, they're oil and water. Both have to be in place. So trusting God is very tough for some, and I realize this, and I, I see this issue a lot in my practice because people project in particular qualities of their earthly fathers onto their heavenly father. And so if your earthly father was distant or harsh, then you believe that God must be distant and harsh um, until it's pointed out to you that that, in fact, is not the nature of God and you begin to learn his true character and how he deals with you. Um, so be, be careful of that issue of projecting traits onto God that don't source with God but source with a human being. Um, the next one is love in terms of an intimate relationship. We, we have to um, have that element present because oneness with God must be motivated out of love and not duty. And I, I alluded to this before of, of wanting to spend that time in his presence, not out of a matter of um, an obligatory um, responsibility. It's, it's, it's a desire um, and a privilege. So that's where the love element comes in. And remember that God forgave you on the basis of Christ's cross. So you don't have to earn his affection. You don't have to prove your worth. You don't have to prove anything to God or earn anything. It was a free gift from Christ's finished work on the cross. And again, with the performance-based people, um, they tend to think they have to earn God's affection or his approval. In other words, the more I do for God, the more he'll love me. That is not truth. Of course, he is pleased and delighted when we spend time serving him and um, representing Christ to, to people that need uh, to see him in a lost world. And, and he loves when we do things for him. But that is not the basis of why he loves us and and if if there's a belief system there that says the more i do for god the more he he'll love me let tonight be the night that you break that false belief system um it it would not matter if you were in a wheelchair and could do nothing for him he would love you just as much and that's because he wants your heart um so let the fact motivate you um, this fact to, to freely and genuinely devote yourself to knowing him better, realizing it does not do what you do. He's interested in who you are and who he made you to be. Um, another factor that uh, needs to be present for an intimate relationship with God um, is openness and transparency with him. We can talk to God regularly about all aspects of our lives. He, as I said before, he already knows. So it's not that we are telling him something that's going to take him by surprise, but what it does when you talk to God about everything is it, is it changes your heart. It helps you to process and move through um, the emotions and the um, 
maybe roadblocks or, or move past stumbling blocks to be able to process and resolve an issue for yourself. Um, so it has to do with, you know, confessing uh, and repenting, shortcomings of the Lord. He already knows what we've done, but, but when we come to him and say, I repent and I turn from this, that is helpful for us, and that's why we need this openness and transparency. So be honest with God, and your intimacy with him will grow. Tell him all about what you're feeling and thinking and going through it. A lot of times I'll tell the patients at my practice that journaling really can help with this aspect. I know some people are very pro-journaling. Others hate it. Some, some people fall in the middle. But I personally believe that getting something out uh, in writing is, is an effective way um, to move out emotion as well. Um, because if you're writing out emotions, you're writing out something to the Lord, maybe in a journal to him, you're actually processing it on, on more than just one level. It gets, it gets into another um, psychologically-based discussion, but it's just very healthy and very helpful to process by writing. And if we look at the Bible, that's pretty clear. The Bible's a written record. The Psalms were written by David. He processed every single emotion known to man <laughs> within the Psalms, and he was known as a man after God's own heart. So again, the key of David was intimacy, and we're talking about intimacy with God. Um, just two more here for you this evening, and we'll continue with part two of this broadcast in two weeks. Um, the other, Another piece that um, needs to be in place for cultivating a relationship with the Lord is the two-way communication piece. So this, again, is not just praying to God, but also asking the Father to show you how to hear his guidance for your life and deliberately setting aside time to listen to him, talking to him and listening to what he wants to say to you. And some people will tell me that um, they sit and they don't hear anything. Um, and that's okay. This isn't about, you know, judging yourself. It takes time to um, close out distractions and get alone with the Lord and just be in his presence. And that, again, goes back to this word cultivate. You have to work at this. And I think a lot of us expect sort of drive-through answers from God. We expect a, a God that's just going to take our order and, and produce almost. And that isn't how it works. He, he wants it to be a process of growing in him, and that's why it does take time. It's like it would take time to know another human being. Um, you don't get to know somebody in five minutes. It, it takes a long time, sometimes years, to really know a person. And so with the Lord, not that it's going to take years, but as we grow deeper with him, there's definitely a timeline there and a process involved over time. So don't get discouraged if you sit down and try to listen uh, for his voice and you're, you're struggling at first. That's normal. It's part of the process. Continue to be patient with it and patient with yourself and patient with him. Um, and he will uh, speak to you about that which is on your heart. So we'll wrap up now with the final piece um, that helps with intimate relationship with God, and that's time and effort. This kind of circles back to what I've already alluded to, but you must kind of devote yourself to knowing the Lord, and a devotion meaning you are putting in a full measure of energy and of uh, your own personal effort and commitment um, to get to know God. It's really a commitment you're making. He made the covenant with us through Christ's shed blood on the cross that we, we need to make a commitment with him to get to know him. 
Um, and so you can do that if you want to experience the fullness of the relationship that you can have with him. And again, it's not something that is going to come easily or necessarily happen um, in a real short period of time. But you'll begin to know how God speaks to you. You begin to see things. You'll begin to notice how the Holy Spirit nudges you. And you'll begin to really develop a relationship. So you're no longer just reading about God, but you are, you are when you're in the Word, you are actually able to allow your mind and your heart and spirit to engage with the Lord as you learn um, his words for you. So it's not just an intellectual exercise, it's experiential. You're experiencing his love. You're experiencing um, more of him and getting to know him at a higher level and at a deeper level. And there's nothing that can even come close to that. So I just want to close with a quick reading. Um, The less highly you regard the name of Jesus, the less you will worship him. The more exalted your thoughts of the Savior, the more you will bow humbly before him and acknowledge his supernatural attributes. Allow your prayer life to be a living channel of worship, telling Jesus how much you think of him. He wants the glory that is due his name and your devotion ascribes his worth. Prayer allows you to enter the intimacy of the throne room enabling you to exalt and glorify your Savior. Worship comes first in heaven, as it should also on earth, and communion with the Lord is its highest expression. So this is just some food for thought that um, one another aspect that we'll touch on in a couple of weeks is how praise is also a form of cultivating, praise and worship of cultiv- cultivating a deeper walk with God. Um, and when you praise God and you truly worship him, worship him, it shows how much you actually value him. So if you're not wanting to spend much time worshiping him, do you value him? Is, is he worth your time? Those are questions you can ask yourself, not in any type of a shame-based way, but I think they're good for self-assessment and self-exploration of how much do I really want of God in my life and how much is he really worth to me? Because we can go and talk about how much we love him and um, how he would, we want to do his will, but is he really worth everything to you? So I hope tonight you've gained a higher level of understanding in terms of how to draw closer to God and cultivate a, a closer relationship with him. And as I stated, our relationship with him is the most important relationship that we can have. So the investment that we put in will never fail to be the most rewarding thing that we can do to know him better while we are on this earth. And with that, I will close us out with prayer. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for the privilege that you allow us, Lord, to get to know you. Lord, just an unfathomable um, honor that is, Lord. You are a God who changes not, and you live in unapproachable light. Lord, your ways and your thoughts are higher than ours, Lord. We can't even comprehend um, your majesty or, or how big you are, Lord God, how deep your love is for us, Lord, and all of your works and how majestic they are and your creation that you've given us to enjoy. Lord, I just pray that, that tonight's broadcast will stir within people's hearts a desire really to know you deeper and to love you more and to ascribe you your due worth and value 
by spending time with you in prayer and in praise, Lord, and time in your presence, Lord. We just pray, God, that um, there would just be um, your spirit that would, would woo people to you, Lord God, uh, because your word says that no man comes to the Father except uh, by um, the Holy Spirit calling him and wooing us to yourself. So I just pray, Lord, that people would be turned towards you this evening, tonight, and even after um, I wrap up here in just another minute, that they would uh, be compelled, Lord, just to go before you and be alone with you and begin to just some of these ways of get to, getting to know you, Lord God. Just meet them where they're at, Lord, as we know you do, Lord, and help them just to pour out their hearts to you, Lord God. We thank you for being the God that you are. We thank you for accepting us as we are, Lord God, and we thank you for how you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, transform us from glory to glory into who we were intended to be. I ask that you bless everyone who's been listening tonight, Lord. Minister to them, and we pray all this in your glorious and holy name. Amen. So that's all that we have left for tonight, and I want to thank you so much for listening this evening. I hope you'll join me again in two weeks for part two of Developing a Deeper Walk with the Lord. And if you would like to contact me directly at Healing Word, which is my practice, please feel free to call 414-254-9862 or visit my website, www.healing-word.com. Thank you very much and God's richest blessings be upon you.